Welcome to the LDN Radio Show, brought to you by the LDN Research Trust. I'm your host, Linda Elsigood. I have an exciting lineup of guest speakers who are LDN experts in their field. We will be discussing low-dose naltrexone and its many uses in autoimmune diseases, cancers, etc. Thank you for joining us. first question I see is what's a good dose of LDN to take if you get COVID and want to decrease the likelihood of long COVID? Um, the, I don't know that there's actually, because they haven't studied that specific question, but it looks like, um, it looks like uh, you could probably start the 1.5 and then you know titrate up traditionally. You could, you could even start lower. Nobody really knows for sure, but I think they're recommending the FLCCC is recommending the 1.5, you know, titrating up every one to two weeks, then to three, then you can go every one to two weeks up to 4.5. Um, and that's, I think, what I would try if, if if you get COVID. Anybody else have an answer to it? A <laughs> couple of questions here came out about pets and the dosing for pets. As I said earlier, there's not really a big study, but what we've seen in practice and most of the time you use about 0.3 milligram per kilogram, but you kind of max it as like human dose. But the only thing is with pets, they are higher metabolizer of LDN. So they use LDN and metabolize it quicker. Sometimes you need to do it twice a day dosing and sometimes, you know, but maximum, but like right around the same dose. Sometimes we've had uh, with uh, bigger dogs and probably a little bit higher than human dose because they're just faster metabolizer and it works really good with, for them. And then uh, also, uh, I think maybe Dr. Uh, Ray already answered this on the autism. Other medication or just by itself? I know I've seen it by itself or both, but I don't know what your thoughts are. Dr. Sarre, or I, I mean, I've seen really good results by LDN by itself for autistic kids, and they were on other drugs, but then such a different when as soon as they get in, and parents usually say, oh, I see the difference when I don't give it to them in the morning. So, and it's easy, the cream works really well. So I don't know what. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, why not? It's really easy to try. It's pretty harmless. I mean, it is harmless, I think, um, yeah. And yeah, it's another, uh, there was a brother and a sister that I also used it on. Um, and they became the parents, like they, one of them was an escape artist. <laughs> the parents were like, he stopped doing that. He, you know, he would actually come into the classroom and um, actually participate and like carry the chair to the, you know, story time and be more interactive. And yeah, they, they thought it was great, but they live in Stockton and somehow with COVID and they didn't, the kids stopped going to school and, you know, so they stopped using it. So, yeah, but sometimes you get lost to follow-up things, but yeah, there are some amazing changes that happen. A patient saying, I've had severe psoriasis for over 16 years. I started LDN in September of 2021. The current dose I'm using is 4.5 mg at night and topical LDN cream in the morning that Dr. Rashidi made for me. I've not seen any improvement yet. Any help or anything you can add for psoriasis would be a great help. And so my thoughts on this were, you know, I've seen really significant improvement to psoriasis 
with the removal of things. So the removal of food sensitivities, I think could potentially really go a long way. And I would say that individual patient might wanna consider whether they're in an environment that they're being exposed to things like molds or mycotoxins, something that's kind of keeping their immune system ramped up. Also being on LDN since September of 2021, that's not a super long time. I guess it should be long enough to kind of see right, the benefit yeah. by now. But yeah, I think about staying on the LDN, including the cream, and then maybe doing a little more testing and seeing if there are other things that we can remove that would improve um, our, our benefit. Yeah. And then with the skin and pain, I, I know I always say it takes the longest and sometimes higher. And I know Dr. Sarah talked about like with the skin, you even want to go maybe higher. And one, one of the reasons we haven't gone higher because we're doing both topical and um, yeah. uh or also, I don't know what your thoughts are, uh, either of you, if you go higher, maybe works just because maybe oral higher. I would certainly consider it. Yeah, with them for sure. Another question was for the breastfeeding. We have done a lot of research on this. This is fine even for pregnant women. Sometimes actually doctors start with that. We haven't seen any uh, issues with the breastfeeding, uh, although there is not a big gain study, but what we've found in the literature, it is okay with the breastfeeding moms. I don't know if anybody else has seen anything. There are several presentations um, by Dr. Phil Boyle, who has a fertility clinic, and he uses it to help the, the women get pregnant. Uh, a lot of these women have had multiple miscarriages in the past, and he's found that the, the moms do really well throughout pregnancy. Um, if they're likely to have a cesarean, he'll stop the LDN you know, prior to that. Um, they take it during breastfeeding and the feedback he's had from the babies that have come back when he's done um, follow-up checks, that the babies seem a really good weight. They have less chance of having um, antibiotics and they're more contented. So the mums are really, really happy <laughs> that they have <laughs> a contented baby. Um, I was born five weeks early and apparently for that five weeks, I did nothing but cry. And my mum <laughs> used to put me down the bottom of the garden and shut the door because she <laughs> couldn't stand <laughs> the crying. Um, <clears throat> but as I say, he does use it, you know, to help women get pregnant right the way through. And those videos of his presentations yeah. are on the website. If you put in, in the search, Dr. Phil Boyle, they will come up. And right. any contraindication with ivermectin? Obviously, I mean, I, I'll do it as a pharmacist. There's no contraindication with any drugs that we found, except when you are on opiates and we all talked about it, you want to either separate them, don't take them at the same time, or uh, that's the only contraindication we've actually seen, nothing else uh, really that contraindicate even people drink alcohol or whatever there's no issues with that as well either so no problem with ivermectin or any other drug as it tells the immune system to calm down is the immune system able to fully respond to any new virus or illness or do you need to cease ldn until over the acute illness thank you um yeah i would say no you don't need to stop it it actually you're your body can actually still completely respond to the virus um, or illness. It actually 
you know, like we were saying, it may even prevent some viruses or illnesses, um, but it also will enhance your inflammation. It won't cause you to over inflame, like have a cytokine storm. So, you know, no, you don't, you don't have to um, do anything and you'll, you'll respond appropriately and, and be good. So it only calms down like over inflammation, not, not regular inflammation. So. Um, maybe I'll do, yeah, let me, I'll try to catch up a couple of the ones that I already answered. So this one was a quick question about sleep issues. What would be the dose? And my response was, it's really hard to say a lot of people initially experience sleep disruption. So we might see the first week or so, um, after initiating LDN or dose escalating a little bit of restlessness at night. And then after that, it'll kind of settle down and we might see those deeper states of sleep, but it's hard to say. I would, I would say that's probably the dose for that individual is where they're gonna see the best benefit for sleep in general. I don't think there is just specifically a sleep dose. Mm-hmm. And then I'll answer another one real quick. There was a question about what's the cutoff in liver enzymes to not use LDN. I don't think there's a definitive cutoff. You know, a lot of folks have mildly transient elevated liver enzymes from non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. I would totally use low-dose naltrexone with them. You know, if they're AST, ALT or in the 30s, 40s, um, if those liver enzymes jump up dramatically, we're going to want to figure out what's going on before we initiate any new medication. So um, yeah, really like all things depends on the patient. And then one other one real fast was, do we need to be dairy free? Because the, this individual has heard that dairy can be, have an opiate effect, which is true. There's caseomorphine in dairy it has a very mild, mild opiate receptor activity. No need to be dairy free when using lotus naltrexone. One thing I want to add, like always just to for any of these to really work, and I know Dr. Matheson talked about it a little bit with the patient with the, also the psoriasis, gotta have a good gut. So we always recommend people taking a good probiotic with LDN just because if, I mean, the gut health is the most important, I'm sure we all agree here, <laughs> but it's just really important to get a good probiotic and just make sure you, you're clean eating. And a lot of time, gluten does contribute to a lot of this uh, overall autoimmune issues. So you, if you haven't tested for gluten sensitivity, it's great. I mean, uh, sometimes people, they never taught they're gluten sensitive, but they do testing. And I know both doctors here, they do do a lot of testing on that. And I'm sure I've talked to them a lot of times and they all see it all the time, which is not surprising sometimes. I'm just going to add that for food sensitivities, gluten gluten and dairy are one and two, (laughs) pretty much one and two. (laughs) That's what I I found. Then best dose of LDN for Hashimoto's, what, be, what I have seen is like a little bit less than three or around three milligram. I don't know, but usually when you go to higher doses, you lose that uh, loss of like reduction of the antibodies. And that's mostly, I think, for the uh, prescriber. They can, st- I'm sure they do test all the time and see it better. Usually I, I start at uh, 0.5 and move up by 0.5. So oh, okay. Very and to, yeah, and then yeah, to wherever it is, it gets to be. Um, 
Um, I'll answer one real quick. This one is um, from Miss Carol, and the question is, why is LDN suggested for nighttime? How is taking it during the day? And she says it takes her a little while to get going in the morning. I generally, we have folks, we recommend taking LDN in the evening because that's when our natural um, endorphin production is going to be most active. And that's what we're trying, the system we're trying to target. The other thing is when we take LDN and it gets on the opiate receptor, it can cause a little bit of a flattening feel for that individual, right? So just because all your natural opiate receptors are kind of bound up. So we think if if we can, it's nice to get folks to sleep through that in the evening as opposed to um, being awake for it during the day. But I totally have folks that feel better taking their LDN first thing in the morning. So I think it's very individual. And I think it's something that's very safe and easy to kind of tinker with. Just try it and see how you do with it. Very true. Yeah, that's why a lot of times that we have twice a day dosing and also morning. I have seen a lot of people change to morning dosing and just, just because they couldn't get rid of that uh, insomnia, which is like only maybe one or two percent of people is not really high because most, I mean, for myself, when I take it, I actually now sleep better uh, after that insomnia and vivid dreams are gone. <laughs> but the vivid dreams are always fun too sometimes, you know, if you, if you kind of remember what you've seen in a very clear dream. So, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of questions. <laughs> um, let's see. I was gonna. It's hard to. There's one in here that says a son on 12 milligrams of LDN and got COVID three times pretty badly. Sadly, he was forced vax and all boosters. Um, it, it's hard to answer specific questions. I don't know the history. You know, like we don't know the history on that. Um, but I would suspect that that's not the right dose for him. Somehow, uh, that's just what I would say. I, that I, I'm not sure, and could try starting over. Um, I don't know what what the right dose would be, but I would just question that. I don't know anybody else uh, feel the same. Um, yeah, that seems like a really reasonable spot to start. Yeah. Um, and about dogs, like we don't treat dogs, so I don't know. <laughs> this one says yeah, the, regarding dogs. 0.03 dog, milligram per yeah. kilogram is the right. I mean, that's a, it's per kilogram, not pounds. I think that's what yeah. we have done, but uh, but yeah. that's about the right dosing. And somebody asked if it's okay to. I mean, it's <laughs> as, as Dr. Sarray at the beginning said, it sh she thinks she should be in the water. I think we all need <laughs> a little bit of anti-inflammatory in our body. So, I, I mean, there's no, I mean, because there's no long-term effect that we've seen or any like liver issues or anything with such a low dose, uh, most people benefit. I mean, worst case scenario for a lot of these diseases, I always tell people it just, Worst come to worst, you've tried 40 different drugs for your disease, one more, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But if it works, we hear all the time, that was life-changing. So it, it, I mean, I hear it every day that changed my life. And that's why we do all this to make sure maybe we change one other person's life. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, okay, this one says LDN caused my paradoxical caused a uh, caused like a paradoxical effect on my son with ASD 
caused him to scream like someone cut off his foot when he stubbed his toe. Again, hard to comment on, on it because we don't know the whole situation. But again, I would wonder if the dose was incorrect. And I wouldn't necessarily give up on it. It's just that you have to figure out what the right dose is. Um, so, yeah. Dr. Matthewson, would you like to go next? Yeah, I'm going to circle back to that, um, the psoriasis question, because it looks like a follow-up popped up in the chat about that. And the question was, if it can take up to a year for the LDN to work, how do we know what dosing will work if it takes a year to show results, which is a great question. With something like psoriasis, I would expect to see some benefit along the way before we get to a year. I'd expect to see that benefit starting within the first kind of handful of months, hopefully. Um, so it's hard to say um, yeah, we should be seeing benefit along the way, whether it's not a full resolution of the plaques, we should see some, them getting a little bit smaller. I definitely don't want to see psoriasis getting worse. If we see psoriasis progressing while we're on LDN, that's a stop, dig back in. We need to look at a lot of different things in that case, because um, it should not be progressing uh, at that point in time. So um, yeah, I, dosing is same thing. We're kind of looking for that sweet spot where you personally feel the best. Um, and it, that'll be different for different folks, but you know, it should kind of be in that, that range that, that we've been talking about. Any specific probiotic any of you recommend? I, we usually do a lot of metagenics just because they have such a wide variety of different probiotics for different uh, conditions. And I, I know uh, orthomolecular uh, has really good ones as well, but for like, you know, as a just daily uh, uh, ultraflora balance, like from Metagenics is really good because that's like kind of covers everything. If you're not taking it for a GI issue or UTI or any kind of that. So that that's something we go a lot about just to give yourself as we age, we're not gonna produce as good bacteria anymore. We need to replace them somehow. And a lot of people come to us, say, I eat a lot of yogurt, yeah, good, but how much yogurt you eat because you need a lot of bacteria. <laughs> Unless you eat a whole bucket of them every day, you're not gonna get enough. So getting some probiotic is not bad on, for everybody. I would say just make sure it's a good quality probiotic, yeah. um, you know, and usually one that's a pharmaceutical grade, metagenics, um, orthomolecular, uh, you know, there's tons of different ones. Yeah, um, there are a lot of them. Just yeah. as long as it's a good quality probiotic. Good, good point, yeah. Well, someone asked if they needed to taper off Lotus Notrexone. I have not seen that. You can just stop use. Yeah. There's no yeah. need to taper. And I would say it is safe for all ages. I don't treat pediatric patients, um, but I've seen, you know, I would be comfortable going down to uh, preteens and starting LDN with them. My comfort is only because I don't treat those younger cases, but I, there's no reason that I wouldn't treat someone kind of less than 12 if it was appropriate and, and seemed indicated. There's no upper age limit either. And I do love Megaspore probiotics. I think those are great ones. That just popped up in the chart. Those are great probiotics. Start slow and low with those. You can give yourself yeah. some real tummy rumbles <laughs> if you're going too fast. It's really strong dose. And then as far as the fatigue, I think uh, the, a lot of times 
been used for uh, that as well too because of that endorphin increase and it helps you uh, for a lot of chronic uh, fatigue uh, patient actually they we have seen really good results with LDN uh, and sometimes actually we do it like I, I've had one patient that we talked to the doctor and we ended up at like three times a day uh, just because she would just get up and not be functional and then a few hours later we would get tired so we do like morning dose very small doses but then throughout the day and they, maybe the last one around like I tell them like around four she couldn't even go to school she, this girl was really sick and fatigued and she uh, had fibromyalgia and after a couple months she you know the first time they came pick up the medication they didn't she didn't even talk to me the mom was talking to me but the second time she was like so excited about LDN that she was talking and telling us how she's going back to school and it's it's amazing how for some people works so good just like it's amazing Dr. Sato Ray um would you like to go next um okay so I don't no, it, I think we already talked about this. I'm not sure. If you combine oral and topical, should we consider not going over six milligrams in total to not get over the low dose range? Um, <clears throat> I would say, yeah, because <laughs> once you get over the six milligram dosing, I mean, depending what you're treating, um, you know, sometimes you can have, it, it, may, it may work fine. You just kind of have to see, but some studies have shown that there's lower uh, anti-inflammatory effect and lower pain effect. Um, it just depends on the person, I would say. So, thank you, Dr. Mathewson. Yes, ma'am. Let's see. Um, is sheep dairy okay in terms of food sensitivity? It really depends on that individual patient. I see less reactivity to to the non-cow dairies, but certainly some folks who have a really significant cow dairy sensitivity will react to the proteins that are showing up in sheep dairy as well. So things like casein is gonna be in all dairies, whey is gonna be in all dairies. It just kind of depends on what in the dairy is reactive for that person. Um, yeah, and then there's another question about needing to take low-dose naltrexone on an empty stomach. Oh, I, Dr. Masood, I think- Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, you're good. No, I good. have not had any reason to tell people that they needed to avoid um, taking lotus naltrexone when they were eating. Generally, I have folks taking it before bed. So they've not had a big meal in you know the hour or two right before then. Um, so I don't think there's anything. Mr. Would you agree to any? Oh, yeah. No, I've, no, I've not okay. heard anything. I, it shouldn't be uh, such a low dose. You shouldn't have any issues. Okay. I don't know. Unless you have GI issues, then we usually recommend just taking the sublingual something under the tongue just to yeah. avoid anything. But other than that, it's like really not in any issues that I know. Okay. I'll just say, does anyone else have any experience with using LDN for, I think it, it's scleritis. I am not sure of unknown origin and eye scleritis. I think any research a person could bring to their doctor to support using it for this condition. I think I'm answering the right question. Actually, LDN for the eye ophthalmic conditions is like great because there's a lot of toll-like receptors and IL or uh, interleukin receptors and expression on the uh, cornea. 
And so, yeah, it would work great. There are some eye drop, sterile eye drop formulations. You could contact Dr. Rashidi and I mean, I can whatever, give, give some of those, but um, yeah, cause you can use it for um, dry eye, use it for, you know, Sjogren's, rheumatoid arthritis, scleroderma, any, anything, uveitis. Um, it just depends if you, oh, here, anterior nodular scleritis and posterior scleritis. I'm looking at some of my uh, notes from a lecture. Um, they have used it. So yeah, I think it might be good at actually in drop form, not, not necessarily oral. So yeah, and the drop form, the only thing is like your state of California has a lot of regulation on yeah, sterile compounding sterile. and, and yeah. the whole United States has. I mean, it, it is like we so there's not enough studies, so we can do it. The only thing is just gonna have really short uh, expiration date. So we've talked about this and we're actually working with some of the big companies like PCCA, they're trying to do some studies on it. So hopefully we can get that for a lot of patients that they need as far as eye drops. Uh, it, it, those studies cost a lot of money. So, and there's not a lot of people who probably benefit from it, but there's still a need. So we're looking into it. Hopefully it will, will be sooner than later. Right, and theoretically it, it could work, you know, yeah. it could, so. Uh, can we use LDN topical on neonates or infants for eczema? Yes, <laughs> really well on eczema actually. So yeah. Dr. Matheson, would you like to go next? Uh, let's see, can healthy people take it for anti-aging? Yeah, I mean, healthy people can take lots of things for anti-aging. This would be a candidate for it. I don't, yeah, I don't see any reason why not to. I generally, when I'm prescribing this, I like to be able to at least document a reason in my chart, not just sort of like, I'm interested in trying that. So, you know, even if I can get something like seasonal allergies or something inflammatory as the like, okay, let's track and see if we see an improvement to those systems, I'm going to be more likely to dispense. But yeah, I mean, certainly it's, it's a, um, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't have benefit in folks that don't already have a cancer process or an autoimmune process or a highly inflammatory process going. Yeah. Thank you. Remember being over 40 is a high inflam inflammation process. <laughs> and somebody asked, I have a kitty that suffers a lot with aller allergies. Can LDN help? Her. I mean, we have seen good results with allergies with human. I haven't seen much with uh, pets. We haven't done much, but I would think so. It should. I mean, and then who would do it? Of course, you have to talk to your veterinarian, see if they're comfortable with it. If not, as I mentioned, there are a couple of studies we can say it is safe on pets. So it's safe for pets. So it shouldn't be any problem. So we can always try and really low dose and see how they do. I would imagine it would work for them as well. We have um, a long COVID question. Would you like to answer that, Dr. Saturay? Um, okay, I'll go for it. I'll try. <laughs> I've been living with long COVID for two years, diagnosed, 23 symptoms overall that come and go in number and intensity daily, none of which I had prior to COVID. Uh, most impactful is multi-inflammation, particularly joints of limbs and fatigue. I'm in the UK, doctor won't prescribe only 50 to 100. 
milligrams, approached private clinic through the LDN website, but would only prescribe for other diagnosis, not long haul COVID. Immunologist was approached via GP regarding possibility of um, mast cell activation syndrome diagnosis as very similar, but refutes as no anaphylaxis. Uh, could buy online, but worried about quality. Any suggestions? Um, okay, so it sounds like you have a lot going on. And long haul COVID, um, again, it's one of the first line therapies that LDN is is coming up with. Um, it may not be the only. Um, there's a lot of cytokines that people are um, actually uh, seeing with long haul COVID. There's a test um, by uh, Dr. Bruce Patterson that is a, a cytokine test that looks at like. 13 or 14 different cytokines that's he's he was out of uh, Stanford he he left Stanford and uh, it's a great test for people to to use and see what cytokines are elevated and then you may be able to track uh, by using LDN to see if those cytokines would go down they're using other therapies as well so there's yeah you know besides LDN there was on that list ivermectin you know just lots of different things to to try I'm going to answer the multiple, the MS question. Um, do any of you have a specific experience giving LDN to people with primary progressing MS for fatigue? I've used LDN with MS as a general approach, but not necessarily just for fatigue. So I want the um, anti-inflammatory benefit. I want the autoimmune benefit as well. Um, I certainly... I think it's worth trialing to, to see if it can give a little bit of support um, to the fatigue that comes along with multiple sclerosis. But it's also worth bringing on board just because that's a, an autoimmune disorder that could really benefit. And I've seen significant benefits with using LDN with MS. So yeah, a couple of reasons to consider that definitely. I think that's a good idea. Yes, there are a lot of studies on, uh, uh, I think LDN with MS. So. That you can show your doctor probably would help. And then somebody asked about the twice dosing. Um, I think we talked about it a little bit. There are some benefits for like pain management. And then also we talked about like uh, depression and anxiety that one milligram twice a day that was uh, done by Harvard uh, study. So they looked at the one milligram twice a day. So there are some application for twice a day and the reason for it just because LDN, I mean the naltrexone has a very short half-life so it doesn't last whole day to increase your endorphin or whatever it's supposed to do so especially with pain you want those receptors to be filled up so you probably need it twice a day uh, and we've seen quote better result with pain and twice a day dosing. Um, I'm going to take the LDN for HPV human papillomavirus. I think that's a great question. Um, when I do, I don't think of LDN as having direct antiviral action, but I do think of it as having really nice, again, generalized immune support. And when we're having a flare of anything viral, whether it's HPV or Epstein-Barr, you know, we know that that's taking a lot of the immune system's resources, kind of distracting it. Um, so considering trialing LDN to help support with HPV, I think is is reasonable. Now, if that HPV is progressed and we're getting some dysplastic cells, 100% bring 
bring LDN on board. Absolutely. So I'm talking if that's a just plastic cells on like a pap. Um, and as we know, HPV can move into becoming cancerous and in, in multiple circumstances. So definitely worth treating HPV up front. And I think LDN could be a nice um, addition too. I, I haven't been using LDN with my just HPV patients. So that's an interesting question. I'm going to think more about that, but it, I don't see why not to. And I think it could potentially provide some benefit. We have a chapter on LDN and viruses in the third book. You'd find that really interesting. <laughs> I, I definitely, I 100%, I, yes, I will read that. Cool. Is that in the first book or the second one? The third one, that's yet to come it's out. coming. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. I'm excited for that. Okay. The last question, Masood. Okay. And the last one. Um, <clears throat> Uh, one, this is interesting as far as anybody known if LDN has been used for gum problems. And most of the gum problems, and then we use it a lot for dental use for any inflammation. So I've seen some use actually, they, they use it orally, like systemically, not topically mostly. It does help with the inflammation and that helps. Uh, uh, I've seen some good results. And some dentists actually, they do use a lot of LDN for a lot of gum disease or any, any inflammation. And in, if it's due to inflammation, of course, if it's not infection, but uh, inflammation wise, it would help. Any questions or comments you may have, please email me, Linda, L-I-N-D-A, at ldnrt.org. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining us today. We really appreciated your company. Until next time, stay safe and keep well. <laughs>